It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Movie Mavericks. The Movie Mavericks Podcast. Movie Mavericks, speaking of fucking long, uncut European cocks. The Movie Mavericks Podcast. Now for your hosts, Jason and Trevor. I can't wait. Hey now, everybody. Welcome to episode 319 of the Movie Mavericks Podcast. I'm Trevor Anderson. Send you over to Jason Rugard. He's got a rundown for us. All right. We got a long, hard show tonight, and we're going to get through <laughs> it very, very quickly. Uh, we got reviews for Guardians, Fast and the Furious, Get Out, Live by Night, Ben-Hur, and Adam Sandler's latest, along with a bunch of others. Trailers for The Last Jedi, the new Thor, Ryan Reynolds' latest with Samuel L. Jackson, and the highly anticipated Stephen King adaption. Adap- Does it, is it adaption? Or ad- say that word. Rowads. Um, is it adaptation or adaption? <laughs> <laughs> I'm never sure. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, Adapt? I don't know. Yeah, That's regardless. A good question. <laughs> it's, uh, let's ask people smarter than us out there. So if you know, uh, hit us up on the Facebook page. But regardless, it's the Stephen King It coming to the big screen and uh, highly excited for that. We'll get into that later. First, let's start it off with a little bit of trivia. Um, this one is going to get tied in to a review you have later for the oh. Chips film. Yeah, because you mm-hmm. saw Chips. Uh, that that film that was out for about what seven showings, and then went away. The Dak Shepard comedy. Uh, it was like out for two weeks, wasn't it? Did it full fourteen days in theaters? Okay, that's that's more than I yeah. thought. Such a minor uh, entry too. I'm surprised Warner Brothers got behind that. In all honesty, but I was a big fan of the original show, mm-hmm. and um, on a personal note, my mom about a year and a half ago won a car at an Indian casino here in California from Eric Estrada, personally, who hit on my sister, by the way. <laughs> uh, my sister didn't know who he was and texted me and said, some old guy in a bad toupee keeps hitting on me and sent me a picture. Estrada, <laughs> 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 so uh, Ponch was still active uh, just recently, but he was threatening to leave and eventually left the television show in season five, and they replaced him with the most famous male athlete on the planet at that time, do you know who his replacement was in season five for a full season? O.J. Simpson. That would be a good guess, but it would actually be. <laughs> I don't know who it is. I never uh, watched it, it. It's not that far off, actually, when I give you the answer here. All it's right. Bruce Jenner. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, a lot of people. I thought, never uh, saw Chips once. Well, that's not true. I've serious? seen a little bit of it here and there, but I never watched the show. So, Well, you're not like you're missing a good show. It's like Dukes has it. It's painful to get through. <laughs> yeah. Um, nowadays, but for some reason we were enthralled mm-hmm. by this and different strokes and um, times have changed greatly, but we'll get into your review of that later, mm. but uh, a little odd trivia there for you. Let's get into just random news here. You sent me an article last week about Kurt Russell's envision for a 1980s shared universe of characters that would include all the big guys from the Expendables franchise, plus himself as Snake Plissken. Uh, everybody re- what doing their most famous roles is that is that what his whole thing was yeah i mean i i guess it was like uh you know schwarzenegger would be the terminator um 
Sloan would be Rambo. Uh, I don't know. It sounded weird, but also cool at the same time. But obviously something that didn't seem like they could have would have been able to pull off back then. <laughs> it would have had to have some sort of like time traveling element like that article pointed out because mm-hmm. there there's a sci-fi element to the, the Russell and the Schwarzenegger characters. I don't know who Chuck Norris would have been. They wanted him in there, obviously, as well. Yeah, but who – I mean what uh... – what movie would you make? It would be so ridiculous. I don't know. It's a good idea for a comic book. Yeah, it's a great idea for like a comic book. That, that'd be fine. But yeah, as a movie, I don't know. It might be too too weird, too odd. Do you think that's why he never joined the Expendables cast? Because there was always rumors that he was going to join. He seemed like he would have been a natural fit given his history with everybody involved. Mm-hmm. And yet he never did get involved. I think he was a little bit... Uh, either preoccupied with the Fast and Furious and committed to that already, or is it a fact, just didn't want to be He's involved with this. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> just, just didn't want to be, the fact is he just didn't want to, they didn't like his ideas. So he's like, eh, we already tried that once. You guys didn't commit. I'm not doing this. Well, I don't think he ever pitched it to any of these guys, right? He said he pitched it to, he mentioned it is really what he said to, to someone somewhere. So I, who knows where, who the hell he, he said it to. And it sounded like more of a passing idea than anything he actually worked on. I got the impression that he uh, had mentioned it to a couple of the guys and they didn't want anything. Because he did really, in the mid-90s, he was developing a lot of those things he was in. I, I believe he was had a hand in Escape from L.A., which was not very good. And, and Soldier, he over... Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, I think he overly gets involved maybe sometimes in projects, too. I mean, the worst of the worst is 3,000 Miles to Graceland. And you expect it to be good because it's Kurt Russell and Kevin Costner. It somehow is a fucking yeah. terrible movie. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I don't know. Let's talk about Dwayne Johnson and Vin Diesel here for a second. Fast and Furious is out. By this time, it has now made, it was recorded this like $1.2 billion, which is all anybody talks about, by the way. Nobody talks about how fucking bad or good the movie is. It's just the, the amount of money it makes, and nobody really gives a shit. I don't know why we're all so obsessed with box office figures. <laughs> I mean, honestly, <clears throat> if I got to um, cut back from that, it'd be great. I mean, I, it's just, it's a popularity meter, really. Yeah, it's a race. I mean, I think that's that's the only th- real reason anyone's interested in it, especially with something like Fast and Furious, right? I just think that it's... And clearly super popular. That uh, the supposed beef between Johnson and Diesel may have been for real. It's so fake. And even if it's not fake, then they... It was. I don't. I never believed that it was that real. I think that there may have been uh, some bad blood there. I really do. I think that this fact that he has—I don't want to say underpromoted it—but Johnson seems to have focused his efforts on Baywatch uh, in most of his posts. I mean, he's a very large social media following. Maybe that's also because that's the movie that needs the attention, and Fast and Furious yeah. kind of runs itself. I don't know, but he's also posting very positive things about Jason Statham. Once again, it could all be promotional stuff because they're spitting that off. I don't know. It just seems uh, it, it just seems like it may have, it be, be real, and they're trying to appease Johnson, not have him leave the franchise entirely. But he probably does, won't come back for another one of these in the, the the canon, if you will, and not the spinoff series they're talking about. Do we give a shit though? All honestly, not really. No, I, I no longer care about Fast and Furious. I gave up a couple oh. movies ago, and I'm done. Yeah, checked mm-hmm. out. We'll get into that review later as really? well. Let's talk. Go ahead. 
briefly here, Will Smith, who was out of the Dumbo movie, so is now Genie in Aladdin, directed right? by Guy Ritchie. Yeah. It's so weird. Uh, this movie is going to be terrible. You think so? Uh, yeah. Why? They were courting uh, Kevin Hart before Will Smith. It's, it's what they're going for. Why not get, you know, one of the best in the business? Will Smith is Genie. As opposed to, I mean, really? who does it nowadays? You can't come, you can't do the Robin Williams No thing. one does it. I don't make the movie. This is a terrible idea. I think this is going to be one of the ones that doesn't uh, make it so much. The Lion King, I think, will be a smash hit. This one, they're going to have some problems with. You, you think so? I don't think you just take every old Disney movie and turn it into a movie, into a live action film, and it's going to be good. I don't think that's the guarantee there at all. And yeah, Robin without Williams Robin Williams is doing than this property itself, that's what damn always, near. I, I mean, he that. is genie, yeah. you know. So exactly. if you're going to replace him, and plus with someone like Will Smith, who is n- n- not even close to Robin Williams, right? I'm not even talking about like a level of goodness, but just not. Is it, just so totally a different person, right? So now you're going to go in a completely different direction, which means now uh, you're not really remaking it, or you're not really casting it in the same mold as they have with the past ones. Uh, and plus the director. I mean, it's going to be a terrible movie. Yeah, I can't imagine that this all comes to fruition because right now it just seems so outlandish with the shit that they're talking about and the, the way they're going to do this. And mm-hmm. I get just uh, images of Kazam with Will Smith walking around as genie. Right? Uh, but yeah, obviously it's going to be a lot more polished than that. When do they get around to doing The Little Mermaid? When is that come about because that might be the one that they should really focus their attention on right now yeah that would be a, i would think a bigger movie than aladdin yeah uh, well no because aladdin was the bigger hit maybe at the box office and, nah, and, not anymore i mean i really think that if you came out with both those this year uh, little mermaid would outgross aladdin well i think it easily. has a better and more nostalgia factor right now outside of the robin williams i think genie. it is I think it's a, a more remember. Well, it, it clearly has the female audience, which would really come out and, and see something like that. Look what Beauty and the Beast just did. Um, so, which just became the highest grossing PG film of all time. Strange. I thought there was more uh, PG movies, but I guess everything is PG thirteen. The yeah. Star Wars movies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. Let's move on. Let's get a little this or that. We're only going to do a small version of it because we have so many reviews and so many trailers to talk about this show. But oh boy, yeah. So we got four rounds, eight competition, I guess. So um, eight contestants, and you're <laughs> going to get rattle off in fast fashion your preference of the two, and then we'll go back one by one and right. go over together. All right, do it. Multiplicity or being John Malkovich? Being John Malkovich. Moon or sunshine? Moon. All right, this one's weird. Bill Pullman or Bill Paxton? Fuck. Um, They're not Pullman? the same person. Yeah, right? They are, really. I'll pick and, the Pullman half. All right. Uh, and Deadpool or Green Lantern? Well, Deadpool. Yeah, but we'll get into these. Let's go to talk about this. Uh, multiplicity and being John Malkovich, you said Malkovich. Which is the right answer, of course, but multiplicity isn't. <laughs> There's a right movie. answer. <laughs> uh, I think that's for sure the right answer of these two because it's the, it's just a better film. It's a it's a a movie. You know, multiplicity. I, I feel like is more of an idea, and uh, and it doesn't flow very smoothly in some parts. Yeah, it's a bit uh, stuck. It's long for a comedy too. 
Uh, I think I rattled off this to you that I did not enjoy my DVD that is pan and scan still. How did you fuck you get a pan and scan DVD? I don't think you can get this movie in, in non-pan and scan. It's a, it's a weird um, um, thing they got going on. Unless maybe you can buy it. Maybe you could buy like a, a an HD version of it, but you can't. There's no Blu-ray. Yeah, they've uh, they buried this for some reason. And watching this, you know, I know you saw the founder. We're gonna talk about that on our next episode because I'm gonna catch up with that. But I watched Clean and Sober recently. I watched mm-hmm. Multiplicity in the same week, and just the guy's range. It's just he's he's like, so he, good. He is so fucking good. And this is before he was. I mean, Clean and Sober is is a glimpse mm-hmm. of the actor he would. You know, he, he's regarded well, he's very now. much like a Tom Hanks to me. Like he commands the screen, but in a way that he's like an everyman. You know, he's it's like, effortless, it, but it's, but I, I would say, yeah, but he commands the screen, but without any muscle, right? He doesn't like muscle you into like liking him or have to do really much of anything other than just be himself. It's very weird. It's just, I guess a natural talent. It's really is what it is. Arguably the best actor to ever play Batman. Maybe not the best Batman movies, but the best actor. I know Christian Bale gets a lot of uh, oh, fans Christian out Bale there. is really good, but he is. But I think Keaton's um, range hmm. for doing comedy and doing the serious stuff. I mean, the iconic. It's character. unfortunately his Batman movie is not written very well. Yeah, that's exactly, well, and it's also a <laughs> stiff suit and things. You know, it's not. He's he's. Yeah, I'm okay with the stiff suit and stuff, but really the dialogue's so cheesy and stuff, which I I love about it. But it still is. It, it doesn't lend you to think like, oh, what a great actor. <laughs> Yeah, we're talking Mr. Mom, and we're talking Birdman, and you're talking all these things in between. It's just it's a right. it's a career full of. We should you know do a retrospective on his career at some point. All right, let's do Moon versus Sunshine here. Um, two independent, two I mean, outer space movies. movies. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know what? What Duncan? Um, I can't think of his name. There. Sure. And uh, Danny Boyle, obviously. I think Sunshine should be seen. Is both? You, you, which one did you pick, by the way? I picked Moon, but I go Sunshine on this one. Yeah, I mean, if you if you want action, then I would say Sunshine. But if you want story and and acting, um, I would pick Moon. I mean, Sam Rockwell just yeah, I feel like is one of those underrated actors out there right now. He's so great in Moon, and I just can't say the same thing for like Sunshine. You know, I mean, Killian Murphy's good and all, and uh, I really can't remember who the hell else is in that movie. Well, Chris Evans is in that movie. Uh, That's other right. People. See, I don't remember because I don't think it's that. It's, that movie's not about the performance as much as it is about the music is being used uh, well, the in every trailer. Beautiful. I mean, it's, it's that's what I mean. But like, action-wise, uh, yes, Sunshine all the way. But if you want something that's that's more of like cerebral, even though Sunshine tries to be that, it just it doesn't really hit it for me. Well, moon's an actor's piece. Uh, it's the one man on an island, if you will. It just happens to be the moon and a mystery. Yeah, and a mystery. Yeah, it, it's very good. Uh, Duncan Duncan Jones. Thank Duncan you. Jones. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Sunshine for me uh, on this one. Danny Boyle's underappreciated work, I think, on that uh, does a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, next we have Bill Pullman or Bill Paxton, and you went the the Pullman, huh? I went Pullman. I don't know. Yeah, you took the president from Independence. They're pretty, uh, pretty similar. Extremely which is similar. Weird, because yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Bill, Bill Paxton, P. and not just because of the nostalgia factor, but just because there's more movies that I like Bill Paxton and than Bill Pullman. I mean, he'll always be Spaceballs and uh, Independence Day, but mm-hmm. I mean, this guy, I, I watched him recently. I watched Twister, which was just fucking horrendous. Mm-hmm. It's, it's aged terribly. I never liked Twister from no. the day I saw it to today. But Paxton somehow gets through it, and you just think, that's perfect casting right there. And he pops up in the most random movies 
was watching some random Brian Denny movie called Last of the Finest. He pops up in that. <laughs> I'm watching Streets of Fire. He pops up as a bartender. The guy is I mean, tre- trespass. I'm watching. He's one of the firefighters. Yeah, he, he was for a while. He was just in stuff. Yeah, I just like the workman ethic of both these guys, and uh, they're vaguely familiar. Both. Well, they both have they both have the weird smiles that are. I don't, I don't really know how to explain it. They're, they have weird smiles, though, don't they? And neither of them would you consider like great uh, masters of their craft, but somehow have very likable though. Long careers, yeah. Okay, next we got Deadpool or Green Lantern, the Ryan Reynolds films. Of course, the right answer is Deadpool. You said this. But doesn't it make you kind of appreciate Green Lantern a little bit? As I just rewatched Deadpool, and I just thought, Green Lantern's mm-hmm. not as bad as everybody says it is. You know what, though? But, but you have to admit that on first viewing, when I saw it in theaters, um, and when you saw it in theaters, we both agreed it was a big pile of shit. But I tell you, I own the damn thing on Blu-ray. Because I actually really like it on home video. It's, it it's plays better. fucking fantastic. Yeah, no, it really is just a fun times. little flick. Um, yeah, and I, I'd watch a sequel at this point. As for Deadpool, I watched it uh, just go around with the subtitles. So many jokes that I didn't even pick up on because he's speaking so fast. And it Oh, yeah. I mean, watch Deadpool again with the subtitles on. Do yourself a favor and, and pick up all the, hmm. the nuances and stuff. It's it's worth it. Uh, it's It's a... That's a very, very good movie that I think anybody, obviously anybody enjoys. Can't wait for that sequel. Hey, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with 10 reviews of new films. This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. He brings the popcorn. She brings the roses. <sighs> Subject Cinema. A tasty new film topic each week with a side order of film reviews. Yum. T.C. Kirkham. But I'm Jim. Kim Brown. What? Over half a million listeners, and you could be the next one. Subjectcinema.com. Real movies for real people. Who brings roses to the movies? I don't know, but that sounded like that was useless. Theater 3000. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Mr. Robot? Yeah. All right, you saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, the new uh, Marvel, yeah, the new dump one. truck of cash that volume, they're getting every day. Dose. I saw and, the Espanol version. Oh, good in America, of course. It makes it even weirder. <laughs> what's the review? What's what's the what's the verdict? I loved it. Uh, I'm surprised at all the naysayers um, that that came out of the woodwork there for this. Uh, I thought it was fantastic, just as good as the first. Um. And I don't know, James Gunn just nails these characters, you know, and he really writes, he's, I would guess, it's weird to say, but he's the closest thing to Joss Whedon that's out there, you know? For sure. And I've always thought that. And he, uh, I mean, if you look at like uh, his, his work on Troma, like Troma and Juliet, he's written the best Troma movie. I'm glad you brought that um, up. It's the best, that. That's best why I written one. Because he comes from the trauma family. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he, but you can see it even in that movie. Like when you watch that movie, it's a real movie. You're like, what the fuck? Why is this a real movie? You know, it's a fucking trauma movie. Of course, it's made like a trauma movie and it's outlandish and ridiculous, but it's a real movie. And, and that's kind of like, it just, I, don't, I guess, speaks to his talent. But it just, I, I love the characters, uh, the actors, uh, you know, it's cast fantastically. Um, it's just the right amount of cheese, uh, tongue in cheek. You know, it knows when it's being cheesy. 
uh, it calls itself on it. It's uh, my kind of movie. It's perfect. Now, you were telling me off air that you thought Bradley Cooper did some outstanding work. Yeah, I'd read a, an article where someone had said that they thought Bradley Cooper's uh, voice talent here as Rocket, uh, the raccoon character, deserves some sort of accolade. You know, there. I think they were basically saying an Academy nomination. Um, and and again, with that in mind, watching this movie, I kind of have to agree because. It, it sounds nothing like Bradley Cooper, and I imagine they use a little bit of voice manipulation here and there. But really, um, I mean, the inflection just—he uh, really b- becomes that character. You would never guess it was Bradley Cooper. It's really some great voice work. Is it better than the first? Uh, no, it's very similar to the first. I mean, I would say I got as much out of this as as the first. It's a great sequel. It's a great second one. I'll I'll name a movie, and I'll tell you uh, Star Trek Beyond. Ah, that's what this is very much like. It starts out in a very similar way, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy. They have to save the galaxy, you know, but they're being paid to do it. This and that they get themselves in trouble, blah, blah, blah. And then boom, he meets his dad. The movie really starts, you know, it's very much like like Star Trek Beyond. You know, they're screwing around. He just he's bored. And then they get pulled into something. This is probably why it's being. Uh, translated obviously in every language in the world and it's a huge hit across the globe these characters which were minor characters to say the least have now become highly visible and Gunn himself says he's going to do one more than walk away what do you think does this do these guys have another movie in them or do they stop should they stop now no they make won't. more keep making them I would far rather watch this over and over again than Fast and Furious which is just uh, which we'll get into. Why don't you just tell us about it? Because it's fantastic, I'm sure. Oh, Fast and the Furious Part 8. Uh, in disclaimer, I saw this in the D-Box seating, which is the motion seatings. Which well, is I the saw only... Guardians of the Galaxy in 4D, man. Oh, well, did raccoons run out and run across yeah. the seats? <laughs> I got a bunch of raccoon pubes in my face. So did you get the, D, the, the motion seats, too? Yeah, yeah, they have the motion seats. They got... Leg ticklers, they got smoke, they got lights, they got a, uh, you know, mist and uh, things that bump you in the butt. Do, well, uh, yeah, we well, got a picture for that. But yeah, you, you position you yourself right, that, you get you get, you know, it feels good. Do you find it a distraction? Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna go back. It's not the best theater. I don't mind the seats, especially when no, I'm no, I would go to a D box. Um, uh, but the problem with it is that when you're watching something like the Fast and the Furious Eight, mm-hmm. which is your eighth go around, and you know it's going to be a long movie, and you know, like you said, okay, now the movie can really start in earnest, and we're thirty minutes in, thirty-five minutes in at, at this point. This is a two-hour and twenty-minute debacle, which I think uh, Guardians is too. But it's just. By the end of it, you know what, what can you say about the movie? It's just exactly what you come to expect. <laughs> right. Nothing more. But that doesn't sound good. Like, what do you expect it not good then? Because that's what I would expect at this point. Cinema at this point. It literally it is dog shit. McDonald's of cinema. It's as it's happening, you are slightly enjoy some of it, mm-hmm. but then you're you're already like, why am I doing this again? I, I you know, I'm you know, like I swore these off years ago, but the seats itself moving around, you start realizing how long these fucking movies are. Are they playing uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and D-Box up by you? You should really see Guardians yes. with moving seats because yeah, it is fucking incredible. I mean, that's the best part of, of that whole thing. The, they have a, there's a ton of spaceship flying things. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that, that might be so worth it. So the 4D but... was really good with the moving seats. 
disputes with that. But, but we're still yeah. talking gimmicks, and, and without the gimmicks, Guardians would hold up. And exactly, Fate of the true. Would not. Yeah, um, and and that's what it comes down to. Now let's talk about a movie that I think is on my bet. Well, I know is on my best of the year list, and that's <laughs> Get Out. I think this was one of the smartest, most interesting, and stayed mm-hmm. in my mind for days after. What do you think of Get Out? Uh, well, not to hurt anyone's feelings, but I was a little let down. <laughs> really? Yeah, I this movie's uh, extremely slow to start, and really, I, I, you know, I'm waiting for the whole movie just for the end of it. Um. And the whole two first two thirds of this movie, I just thought I was I was bored. Wow, you're a know. horror fan. I thought you would get into this one. It wasn't scary, and it wasn't um, it wasn't thrilling. It wasn't suspenseful. Uh, it had small moments of weirdness. We were like, oh, "That's weird," and then nothing would happen. Nothing would ever come of it because this movie is so like focused on that one payoff, you know, and then there's actually like three payoffs at the end. Right. Right. Kind of leading off of, of the big one. Um, but it's so focused on that, that it doesn't pull anything else into it. It just doesn't have any time or energy, I guess, to just do anything else. And if it, it, it can't hit that too soon, right. Or else it, it's, it's over. So I don't know. It took too long to get there. So you didn't hate it, but you weren't all that amused by it. You weren't that blown away by it. Yeah, exactly. I, it, okay. It's a good movie. I don't have a problem with it. I just thought that it wasn't, I don't know, like you just gave it a glowing review, but I would ask you then what, like, not not, the, not talking about the ending, which is awesome, but just the, you know, the first half of this movie, does it... Like, what does that do for you? <laughs> Were it doesn't you scared? do anything until, no, but you know, I was trying to put things together and figure things out. And it was one step ahead of me uh-huh. the entire time I felt. And then later I realized, mm-hmm. okay, this is why she didn't want the cop to see well, the I license. Well, I kind of figured or, it out, but it's unfair because you, you can't figure it out. Um, yeah, it doesn't play fair, but I'm, that's why you're trying right. to figure it out. Well, it so too. doesn't play fair that once it when it reveals <laughs> the actual plot twist to you, it has to reinforce it later on yeah i know it 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 goes on a little bit long there at the end with his friend trying to find him and i think um some of that humor is uh not always doesn't land always correctly but i I really well it's so ridiculous after after you find out what's going on right still on my top 10 of the year so far Hmm. or maybe my my top five of the year so far it's been a bad year (laughs) <laughs> Let's talk about Live by Night, which is uh, technically a 2017 release, but it really is a 2016 release because it had a minor Christmas Day release. Uh, it was supposed to be an Oscar hopeful. That did what not pan out. What happened with this movie? Can you see why? It is horrendous. Um, it's not horrendous. Oh, Come yes, on. it is. You, you're being way too kind on this. I don't know what you would have liked about it. It's so I think you're being way by too the harsh numbers. on it. Oh, no, even, not even close, man. First of all, I just listened to the opening uh, dialogue and the ending dialogue. That really says it all about this movie. Not only that, but how by the books can this movie be? I mean, really? It's like by chance all these things are supposed to have happened. That's okay. That's are you what kidding I have. me? This, this movie's so terrible. It's written plot horribly. In this movie, there's way too much plot going on in this movie. The first 30 minutes contains so much 
exposition. And everything has to have a turn to it. And the turns are fucking obvious. So obvious that, in fact, it's surprising that they actually go there. And you think, oh, my God, why the fuck would you do that? But you know what it has? That's the movie. It has a certain style. It looks like it was trimmed down from a much longer running time. I think this movie could have Oh, for sure. The voiceovers at the beginning and end are just, to me, signal, oh, we have an issue here. Not only that, there's a lot of things that are glossed over. Um, there's oh, yeah. some situations that he gets out of that you're not totally sure on the particulars of how that worked out, why that's going on, why that character is to be uh, introduced now and has this little story that – or why he keeps mentioning this. And mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 th- I kept feeling that it, it kept making some passes at being a better movie and it just never – And then it would let you down. <laughs> it, it just never established that. I agree I didn't with you. outright hate it. I loved the uh, shootout in the end. End. Um, not the very end, but the hotel. Right. I thought that was cool. That's a great set piece. Yeah. You know, and, and that was it was neat. To, uh, you know, I like the idea, the camaraderie, and him getting his guys together. You know, in that and like before he didn't have anything. But I mean, fuck. I'm just talking about this. That's two thirds. That's almost the end of the movie. And you know how far you had to go just to get there? I mean, good lord. I don't know, man. Once I really again, think this is it- overwritten, overproduced, overdirected overacted in some places if i can compare it to anything it it reminds me of i want to say once upon a time in america which is a sergio leone film but not the Mm -hmm. the beautiful classic that it is current form of 225 the the amount of running time that's minutes but that truncated version that they released that was like two hours and five minutes that warner brothers did back in 1984 probably the same thing that they did to affleck here if this was three hours yes it might be a long bore but it might be something um overlooked and beautiful along the lines of the postman because there is things no, in here that even. you could see that there might be passages that that really would have worked had they given time it's to breathe too it's just written too by the books too by the numbers for me I'm, there isn't this a is cliche left unturned i will say that but it's too much for me i mean when, when it goes when it does that over and over again and those are big payoffs and stuff and you just think, holy shit, are you kidding me? Like I could have written, like a five-year-old could have written this. Like that's how poorly planned out uh, the whole thing was. And I'm not even just talking about like it not making sense, but the stuff that does make sense is just not like plot point wise. I don't know. Decisions were not made that I like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was rushed uh, to oh. get done between uh, Justice League and, and What's Batman. What's a book, right? Yeah, it is. It is but right. I, I've never like, read the book, so I don't know if, how much. Uh, you know how how much do you blame on the book? Well, judging by Affleck's previous work, which one of was adaption or two mm-hmm. of his previous work, films yeah, have been an adaption right. of the same author's books. I got to feel that it's a, uh, it's probably Affleck's or Warner Brothers' fault here. And somebody, somebody did something here because this this feels like a cocktail that was not made right. Yeah. Let's talk about a very successful film, in my opinion, something that was on my top, maybe I think my second favorite film of last year, uh, La La Land. And I, I felt crazy when I told you this, but, but did you like it? Uh, yeah, it's basically an awesome movie. <laughs> I mean, it, it's fantastic. Uh, it's really, really good. It's really heartbreaking at the end. And uh, I... I don't know that it supports the ending very well or even earns it. Uh, but I will say it's a beautiful ending, even though it's heartbreaking. And I really did like the movie. Yeah. Uh, the music is great. It sticks in your head. Um, it's shot so fucking beautifully. Like did deserve that award for sure. Do you think that, uh, how long did it take before you realized that you were into it? Because for me, I was the watching minute, it. I and, was watching it. 
really because it started off to me and they got out of their car and started singing and dancing and I thought oh this uh-huh. is going to be long but by the end of that song really I thought, it's such a good song yeah yeah, I know by the end yeah. of the song I thought okay I'm ready to I'm ready to roll here and you know didn't it make you creatively inspired in a lot of ways too and just the, the loneliness of, of yes exactly being and created it's so well man I mean the the whole just if you were to take like one just a simple little thing out of it like the talking over the music right when he tells her basically like with jazz like you know it's so good you can't talk over it and they right. use that throughout the movie of them talking over the music right like she can't talk over the or when she's at the party and, and or the dinner or whatever and people are talking but she can't hear them over the music so she realized she should be with him when they have the fight they're listening to jazz but they're fighting over the music they can talk over it then because they're fighting um like that that kind of stuff's throughout the movie and that's just to me like those are the little brilliant uh i don't know things i i <laughs> well i mean even the nods They're to just, casablanca i mean you're talking about the ending there not to give things away but um they make a obviously they make a, right, a visual sure. one. And, and throughout the movie yeah right uh and, and nods to other movies yes how fucking talented are they and as i love well? i love the idea of of the old style with the new you know like it takes place now but it's clearly 1940s from the yeah from the heyday of musicals you know mm-hmm. yeah post world war ii uh boom era and they do it know, so that. perfectly you don't even uh it's seamless you didn't even really realize it you know and there are parts that to me that i don't like musicals generally because like i don't like when they go um well like in this movie where they when he's walking her to to her car and they they stop at the bench, you know, and then they do a right. the little dance and stuff. Because I hate that kind of shit, but it's so stop. fucking good in this movie. Because it, it's supported so by so good. Story. Then the whole the, the planetarium shit. Oh, I would yeah. hate that in any other musical. Per- beautiful in this. The, yeah. So this was. Well, even the montage just, of him, uh, you know, the kind of Star is Born montage where he goes into the fame and becomes a boy bander or whatever it may be. Right. You know, there, You're like, uh, that kind of stuff is done so well that uh, the second the movie starts, though, you just feel like you're in the hands of a master. Somebody that clearly knows what they're doing mm-hmm. and that every, and every shot is composed. Everything is there for a reason. I mean, you picked up on things I didn't even pick up on clearly about you know, with the talking of music and um, you know, I, I just I picked. Yeah, up I'm gonna on, have to watch this movie again because I bet there's more of that in there. Oh, I'm sure there is. I mean, but you know, just the, the loneliness of of being in L.A. and giving up things and the quitting and all that stuff. But like the intoxication of being around creative people as well, you know, and, and how creative people can't right. uh, really live together. And they're both. Yeah, that like, to me though, that didn't they didn't show that well enough in this, right? It, it landed a little late in the story for me, but um, it's still there. I even think. then, but it wasn't powerful enough. I mean, there's no reason why. She he couldn't go with her, and still be making a name for himself, right? Uh, I guess yes. I just don't see why they couldn't be together and get what they want, especially in, in a movie you know, in a made up world. Uh, you really kind of have to sell that a little bit more than what they did. They just kind of said, "Eh, we can't do it." <laughs> At that point, the goodwill has built up so much. Uh, if you're going but with the this payoff movie. to that is so you have to admit is one of the. It's great, a fantastic it's a great sequence at the end of the at the end of this movie. It's just one of those sequences where you're, where you're just like, wow! And then to use that that same melody uh, over and over again and have it be as impactful and as powerful, uh, maybe even more powerful as the movie goes along, it's pretty incredible. Uh, yeah, it becomes um, at first it's uh, dreamy, and then it becomes kind of hopeful, and then it becomes downright sad. 
and melancholy. Um, and I, I just think that the, the 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 music in that for being all original songs, it surprises me how much I like that. Because uh, typically I don't like mm-hmm. musicals that even have cemented songs that are you know like uh, award winning and in or you know in the Great America Songbook or whatever it may be. You know things that are outside of Greece or this, you know, I'm not a Les Mis fan or, or things like that, or Phantom no. even. I've seen these things, you know, hey, they're in San I like Phantom, here. but I mean, I'm not, it's like I'm going to listen to Phantom. But, this but is actually so, music I could listen this, to, right? This is music that you can just go about humming and find yourself like replaying in your head and stuff during the day. It's just, it just maybe intoxicated uh, on cinema. Know. Yeah. That's the best way I could say it. <laughs> That's a good way. And then a movie that stole that thunder right away was Ben-Hur, the new reboot. Ben, Ben-Hur over? Uh, did you ever see the original Ben Hur? Yeah, I don't recall. Uh, is this one better? <laughs> well, let's let's talk about this. Do you recall it being overly? I don't want to say biblical because the story is a biblical yeah. story. But do you recall? Did, did it have it scenes is. of Jesus of Nazareth on the cross and being crucified? I think so. Did it? I don't recall that at all. You might have to look that up, but I kind of. Okay, then maybe that's maybe I'm I'm way off base here, but I just felt like this was, you know, obviously produced by Mark Burnett and uh, Rona Downey, and and they're the people behind a lot of these biblical epics, including the Bible, which was the big TV movie. And there's nothing wrong with this movie. In fact, it's actually a very well done movie. It's directed nicely. It goes about its its pace. Um, It's yeah. There's a crucifixion scene in the in the Heston one. Well, then then this is this right on. This is a pretty faithful remake then. And um, it, it's at times a thrilling remake because it has that chariot sequence, which is a, still a big set piece. And the director, this uh, Russian cat, Timur, I'm not even going to say his last name, the guy who did Wanted and uh, American Vampire Hunter. Oh, yeah, Vampire don't Hunter, even try. <laughs> uh, Abraham Lincoln, yeah. But this yeah. cat films this thing nicely, gives it a, a good energy. The movie goes about its its duties well and isn't groundbreaking but isn't insulting. It's just not it's not really worth your time if you have anything else to watch. <laughs> I can't recommend it because it's just, oh. it's all for not. It's just kind of like, okay. So I say, oh, so but I have no interest in this. Yeah. You know, but you know what? But it's, it's better made than gods of Egypt. It's not going to insult your intelligence like that. Will or just confound you and be like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. You know, I didn't mentally <laughs> tune out for 20 minutes like that. No. So this was, interesting then <laughs> it's a two-star movie i'm just being kind to uh, it okay <laughs> yeah ghost in the uh, shell tell me about this one ghost in the shell uh it, it, yeah it just sucks um it's not it just sucks i don't it's worse than you totally don't get uh, i thought so just because jupiter sitting is at least you don't know what's going on i mean this movie all you're doing is of course holding it up to the anime um, of which it totally doesn't understand what made the anime good. All right, just as we said, this is this movie is so fixated on being a Hollywood movie that it misses the point of what made that the anime so fantastic. And even though it does have scenes from that in it, um, it goes way off base. It probably goes more into the manga than the animated. I mean, the smartest thing the anime did was to cut a lot of the shit out that that's in the, the book, which is ridiculous stuff. And just that just stupid, you know, just has nothing to do with anything. It's just like dumb robot shit, you know, and that's in, it's in this movie. It's just like, Oh, why? Who cares? Um, they totally take, uh, 
the, uh, the bad guy here and just make it nothing. I mean, they make this a revenge movie is what they make it instead of a movie about, about who, like what consciousness is, right? This is a, this is a movie where someone was wronged and, uh, that they figured out. I mean, I'll tell you, I would rather and have in fact seen, uh, um, Oh God, and I can't remember the name of it. Aeon Flux. <laughs> Thank you. You seen exactly what I was going to say. I've, I've yeah. seen that more times uh, than this. That at least tries to do more than just be a, a stupid action movie, even though, even though it fails. But that is a better movie than this. Whoa. And that is really sad to say, but it is. And it's not, it's not that it's better made. Clearly, there's more money in this. Um, you know, the action sequences are, are better and things. Um, but fuck, watch the anime. The, the action sequences in the anime are better than... than than either of those movies, but yeah, as far as the movie goes, it just utterly fails like miserably. It's just, a, it's just not good. It's not fun to watch. Yeah. It obviously is a big bomb all over the world and audiences have stayed away for various reasons. And I think the underlying reason is for everything you've just said, I'm not a fan of the anime or the manga. I will not be seeing this movie. Oh, I just didn't have to be a fan of the anime. Uh, I mean, I, so I, good. I'm not a big fan of anime in general. I mean, I saw Akira. I saw this. Doesn't, doesn't, I, mean, yeah, I, uh, I think it was what was the Ninja? I don't one? watch a lot of anime either. Yeah, Ninja Scroll. That's the one I liked. Um, huh. Ninja Scroll is pretty good, but it's not as good as Ghost in the Shell as far as writing goes. If you're, if you're interested in that, I mean, I, I guess if you want like the sex stuff, you sure. Is it the Henta? <laughs> there you go. That's Can the watch a little hint before we went on the air. Monster, yeah, monster dicks. <laughs> Not what I saw. I don't know, but I'm mean, I'm talking about the tentacle dicks. You know. Hey, that's not that's not Mint's word. That's what you saw. <laughs> uh, Sandy Whistler, the new Adam Sandler comedy on Netflix, which we incredibly incredibly couldn't believe that it was 131 minutes long. I, I made, didn't make it through this. <laughs> yeah, you only made it through, what, 10 minutes or so? Uh, I made it through 20 minutes, I think, uh, before I turned it off. It was really boring. How did you make it all the way through? I found it to be slightly charming. I have a, a somewhat of a guilty pleasure soft spot for this movie. I'm, I'm giving a recommendation. Don't, don't do it, folks. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm being kind. <laughs> I... Because I'm a, a retro 90s, 80s junkie, and this was set in there, I just uh-huh. like small little little bits that were in there. I mean, some of them are, or most of them are very broad and, and don't land well, but this one, in the end, won me over. I didn't, I, you know what it reminded me of was Broadway Danny Rose, which has been very compared <laughs> to this. Um, and he even has the Woody Allen kind of shtick going with the glasses. And I didn't find mm-hmm. this character nearly as annoying as I found Bobby Boucher and Little Nicky and some of his other quote unquote characters. And by but the I end liked it, Little Nicky as a movie way better than this. I, I, I actually like this more. Ah, you're crazy. This movie I is think- super boring. And I think that, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people would would agree that it's not. Yeah, good. I think most people. Would. I I say that it's his best that he's come to Netflix with yet. With the the do over being a close second and ridiculous mm-hmm. six being the outright worst. Yeah, I think that his Netflix um, stuff has been a real disappointment in general. Uh, I'm excited that his next film is going to be uh, with Ben Stiller, directed by Noah Baumbach, which sounded very interesting. A uh, drama, and Netflix just picked that up for distribution. So. 
Uh, I mean, love Noah Baumbach's films. We'll see. So. I do too, but we'll see. I mean, Netflix's big problem is that they don't have any uh, quality control on their stuff, right? Because it doesn't matter. Like they get the they, these movies don't have to make money the way that other movies do, right? Which is why so I they can put out any the shit Garland they want. Movie, handsome, and it's just uh, good luck. From did you watch that, it? No, that to me was worse than Sandy Wex. I couldn't get really? through that. It looks yeah. terrible, but I, I do want to start watching. Well, I was just like fuck. I started watching Sandy Wex there. <laughs> I get yeah. pulled into these things all the time. I, I do like movies like that, but they're just, these ones are just, I don't know. To me, they just lack that quality. Like, I guess you, you picked up on it that they, they had that 90s stuff. Cause they, they do feel very nineties, like straight it's to video USA type stuff. Yeah. Retro thing for me is basically what it is. And I kind of, I got the kick out of this one because it acknowledged that. I mean, even just, he's walking down the street and like there's billboards for time cop and the shadow behind them. I'm just cracking. You know, I'm just looking at that and like, oh, somebody threw me through the, the trouble of redressing that or digitally putting that in. And that's accurate to the time he's supposed so to be. So you were in. high just, when you watched is what you're saying. <laughs> well, obviously the same fucking Wexler. I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm just looking at the time cop posters and shadow posters behind him. <laughs> to be honest, there's I was a movie on. Watching <laughs> they had time cop posters behind Ben Harry. That movie is not accurate at all. I will have you know, though, I did not smoke any weed before I watched The Passion of the Christ. But I've only seen it one time, and it was in a theater, and I do not want to see that movie again. Go through that experience again. Um, but let's talk about Don't Breathe, which is another, uh, I thought, outstanding, not horror film, but more of a suspenseful. I'd say film. a horror movie. I'd what say an think? outright horror movie. But yeah, definitely suspenseful. This Don't Breathe to me is what Get Out should have been. You know, th- this hits all, the, all the, the, the buttons and the numbers and just, you know, does everything it needs to do to be exciting, um, scary, suspenseful, um, horrific at times. Yes, the um, turkey baster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this was this was just an all out, uh, pretty much a perfect horror movie, really. I would say, and, and um, I remember uh, some other movies like like Hot Tension or High Tension. I won't try to say the French name, um, but when that came out, everyone made a big deal about that, you know, and blah, blah blah. And it's super gory, um, and they tend to, you know, the, the more gorier ones tend to get more publicity, I guess, in the horror circle. Um, when something like don't breathe should really be at the top of a lot of people's lists, just cause it does the suspense, right. You know, it's and it has those characters in there and you kind of worry. It does so much with these fucking, just these few characters where you're like, Oh my God, is this guy going to fucking get killed or not? Is this guy going to get killed? Oh, he got away. Oh, he's back. What the fuck is he going to get killed? <laughs> you know? You're just wondering the whole time, like who the fuck is going to get killed? What's this guy's deal? Um, yeah. And then when you find out, of course, it's more horrific. Uh, yeah, I thought it worked better than, than get out like all around. I'll say this for my, my knock on this. The dog stuff goes on way too long. That dog is Cujo at some point. I was tired of the dog. Yeah. That was the ridiculous scene with the car and stuff. Yeah. That sequence, if that that was cut, cut. it would be an absolute perfect, perfect horror film to me as it is. It's a near perfect um, horror slash that almost feels thriller. doesn't that feel like attack on like oh it's just not quite long enough we need to do the ending one more time it, yeah I, know. I, I just felt like it was like somebody you know like, it's i'm just not kept, saying it wasn't for me i'm just saying that if it does it feels like we need to add more is what it felt like and they kind of tacked yeah, on like they did they basically did the ending again you know it was like okay yeah outside of that minor quibble i think it, even Stephen lane perfectly cast as uh as as the the main guy yeah the voice bad, you can is decide. creepy 
but uh, interesting. And I like the fact that they kept raising the stakes in an intelligent way, but in a very unsophisticated way, too, where you go, okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, just little by little to where finally by the end, I mean, the, I think the dog scene was, was really too much. That took me out of it, or the car, in the car where she's yeah, fighting the dog. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. You know, not having the, the, the dog's not a problem, but that scene, yeah, was was too much for me. But, um, but yeah, like you say, the turkey baster, when you get to that point in the movie, you're just so into it that you don't even realize how just how ridiculous it is yeah but but it's going because everything in it has been given a certain weight and and thoughtfulness that it's not insulting your intelligence which is usually my problem with these kind of movies uh when you uh, don't go in there and uh you know that kind of people scream at the screen and in this no one made those mistakes because everything was motivated by um clear motivations that you could relate to and not by plot mechanics Okay, yeah. you saw Why Him, which was a fairly big hit for what it was during the Christmas corridor there, and I didn't get was a chance it? to see this one. I mean, fifty million dollars it made at the box, uh, outgrossed yeah, uh, Assassin's right. Creed, which was obviously far well, bigger. Well, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> it did better than uh, horrible movies. Um, yeah, you know, I'll be honest with you, I liked it. Nothing wrong with that. I've heard um, good things about it. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it is, it's just nothing special. Um, but it, there's also just absolutely nothing to dislike about this movie. Um, the, it's cast great. I think everyone's fantastic in it. It's very funny. Um, my only complaint again is that it's just nothing special. It's very by the numbers. And so it kind of feels like, nece- like nothing necessarily happens. <laughs> is it a meet the parents redo basically? In, in uh, kind of. I mean, it, it's not. Uh, I don't know. It's. I wouldn't put it on the same level as that movie. I think that movie is much better, much well written. Um, and this just feels like um, they show up. You, you know, he acts like crazy. They act crazy. There's really not enough time spent in this movie together to wind up to do the whole like losing and then getting people back thing that they, Which they have they to do at the end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That'll have to happen in this movie. And so that feels a little forced and a little bit like, Oh, we have to do this now. So we're just going to do it. But other than that, I, I thought it was funny and, and I enjoyed it for what it is. I, I don't think anyone will have hugely high expectations for a movie called why him. Um, especially if you've seen the cover art and stuff, I think you get it. <laughs> Yeah, but it won't won't um, waste your time. Basically, it's not gonna. No, it's a nice little, uh, you know, quasi Christmas movie. I guess I would say I love when they take movies that aren't Christmas movies and just make them in Christmas time, and all of a sudden it's a Christmas movie. That's this movie. <laughs> <laughs> gotta love that. Yeah, because they're coming out during Christmas time, so we gotta have a, a nod yeah. to that. All right, let's. What's your streaming online pick for this week? Uh, well, I'm going to say 13 Reasons Why, just uh, because it's freaking awesome. And uh, if you're someone out there who hasn't seen it yet, you should definitely check it out. Uh, it's very, very good. This is the television show on Netflix. This is Netflix, right? yes. Which is getting a lot of heat right now. Uh, my pick is also a Netflix, but mine is Sandy Wexler. And I, unlike Trevor, think that this is uh, <laughs> one of Sandler's uh, more pleasant efforts to be released on to Netflix. I think that his last big screen film, which was Pixar, uh, Pixels, was was really overlooked by people for whatever reason. And that movie's was, good, but that movie wasn't on Netflix. 
Um, no, but that, that movie itself is uh, better than I thought The Last Ghostbusters, and it was very similar in a lot That's of ways true. to that. Yeah. So I don't know why that didn't get more play. Yeah, I never even thought to make that connection there, but you're right. We did get a good Ghostbusters, guys. It's called Pixels. Yeah, that's what I keep telling everybody. No one fucking believes me. Thank you. <laughs> and unfortunately, it's an Adam Sandler movie, and a lot of people don't like him, so... Uh, can't win. He just can't yeah. win, you know? There's no accounting for taste. All right, let's do Trailer Addict. Trailers can be wondrous things, giving us insight into the unseen movies of the future. But when they're bad, fire photon torpedoes. Shields up, red alert! Prepare for Trailer Addict. Okay. Thread alert, shields up. Yes. My shield's been up since we got on that. Oh, your shields are down, sir, believe me. (laughs) (laughs) We've been talking. I've seen behind the Iron Curtain. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I am the wizard. (laughs) I am the last of my god. Are you the Uh, last Jedi? We are the last Jedi here. Uh, This is obviously the sequel to the... But number eight now in the official canon. God, it is eight, isn't it? The, the problem with this to me, let me let me get off it. I can't even judge this, like what this movie's going to be, because they sold me on all these previews so far. Rogue One, right? Isn't it terrible? That had, you know, nothing I, to do with the movie. So I don't even trust that this is anything to do with I, the movie. I don't even know what this is, but it just looks like I want to live in it. So I don't know what to say here. It looks awesome, but I just, I'm, it's not very trustworthy. Half of it's the fucking music, you know. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. I'm pretty sure they could cut damn near anything together with the Star Wars music, and I'd be like, oh, Star Wars looks good. But it's also, yeah. you know, landscapes during Golden Hour. It's, it's, it's you know, space battles. It's lightsabers. It's all this kind of shit. It just looks fantastic is what it is. And I know does. that it is not going to be. I just know it because I, unlike so many other people, just do not like these Star Wars movies anymore. They're not good. Yeah, I shouldn't say like, anymore because like, I like the other ones. You like Episode Seven more than you did Rogue One, though. And this this is going to be better. Oh, than easily Rogue One. for sure. And so I, yeah. But I mean, we're I. I have so many complaints about these movies, and it's not even because I'm a Star Wars geek. I'm I'm not. Believe me, I'm not. Oh, clearly. I just don't like these. Like as movies, these aren't very good. Like I just can't. I don't understand it. How can you fuck this up so much when you have done so much other things to j- just the extent of like the Marvels and and how do they and you know and the Pixar's and so what do you think even their own animation stuff. How do they do this? I guess I don't. I do, I have no idea. I don't really understand. I mean, I understand um, Rogue One was a clusterfuck. You know, the more I look, uh, looked at that, and um, and I, what I can only understand to be a cover up to to make people look good, um, the studio really just took that movie and beat well, the remember, shit out of it. The original director of that was Josh Trank, the Fantastic Four director, mm-hmm. who stopped going to set and basically bailed on that. And that then uh, Garth Edwards came on. I mean, that whole thing was was a major patch job that worked out in their favor. How many times they can do that and get away with it, we'll see. But uh, apparently, a lot because look at Fast and Furious. You know, I mean, I I don't believe anymore that the movies have to be good for people to go see them. Um, so I don't know that there is any any want to change direct change course on this, right? I, I mean, I think they're going to keep just doing what they've been doing. Well, this so, trailer, and of course, I will go see every single one because I'm a fucking fantastic. idiot. So yeah, what am I going to do? Yeah, they got my money already. I don't even know why I'm. Well, 
I mean, I may as well be complaining now, right? <laughs> well, here's a, a franchise that, that gets my money that I actually <sighs> skipped the second Thor film. I wasn't, I loved the first Thor, thought the second one was, was pretty much shit. Watched it on, on DVD you or didn't Blu-ray like it? here. Did you like it? Did I like it? Yeah, but I think it's one of the weaker films in the Marvel canon. Well, that's fair enough. And I, if not the worst, and but, I think uh, this one has the all the elements to be one of the fucking best. They yeah. are going 1980s neon Flash Gordon here, this and I isn't love it. Fucking amazing looking. I want to um, live in it. Yeah, I mean, I love this trailer. I think the comedy works. I love the idea of him as the fallen god. You know, um, yeah. I mean, I agree. I think this looks fucking awesome and the thing about this is that um again like with last jedi here but they haven't given away hardly any of the plot and you really want to see it but i have far more faith in this (laughs) than i do in the star wars one and mainly because this looks like fun i guess is what i will say like and i like these characters i really like thor and i really like um, well, I don't know who else is in this movie, but I, I guess the Hulk. But I just like these Marvel universes, really. They're just uh, they're just good. And even though, like Thor two, I still like Thor two, and it's part of the uh, ever grow too big of a canon at this point for you to ever fucking go back and watch any of these movies. Uh, but I still like Thor, Thor two, and now this looks great. Yeah, this looks absolutely great. I even loved that. You know, I walked past the poster the other day when I was at the theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just Thor and then the Rancor uh, part of it. The the type print that they're using, the color scheme there, it looks like That's the awesome. old Bigfoot. Yeah. Or Bigfoot, the monster truck. I swear to you, it's the same type of outlay like that. And it's just so 80s to me. It, well, it reminded me of the Goldbergs. It reminded me of all that I kind of say, stuff. I think we have a lot of uh, a lot of things to give to like Stranger Things and even Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy as well to, to, find, to wind up getting Thor rag, Rancor. What it has a Ragnarok? Uh, Rancor. Rag? No, it's Ragnarok. Well, I'm saying Rancor. I'm not. I'm. I'm going my own thing. You spelled it wrong. Well, I, that's why I say it. That's how <laughs> Ragnarok. We say it over here. This uh, household. That's how. Hey, Rancor. All right, all right. Rancor. I got your Rancor right here. I think Rancor is a goddamn Star Wars animal. Return of the Jedi. I think it's going to attack Luke. It's a Rancor pit. All right, let's move on and talk about Stephen King's It, which is getting the big screen adaptation. How you like that? It took me an hour, but I got hey. it. Hey, right. oh, you fi- you figured it out. There you go. Uh, what do you think? I love this trailer. I think it's a great adaption. <laughs> uh, hitting back. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think this is a fantastic trailer. I think this is um, everything I want it to be so far. Uh, it looks like it's really following the book very closely and doing a better job than the miniseries did. Um, I only I would like to see some adult stuff now. Yeah, I see the kids. Okay, you got the kids. Do you got the adults? I feel there's, like there's they, two sides to this movie, <laughs> right? I mean, that's basically it's two books in a lot of ways. Um, and I, I didn't feel. I felt like they focused overly on the children in this trailer yeah, because of that Stranger Things uh, kind of connection, mm. like you just mentioned before. That could be. That could be true. It does feel that that same way. But there are two. I mean, the adult side of this is just as important as as the kids stuff. You know. Yeah, I think it's more important. It's what you know. It's the uh, to me, it's the horror of the you know the high school reunion in a way gone bad. Uh, of that that shared group sure, having to come back and stuff. Right, yeah. and then and having to get together. I can with see people that. that 
you know, so I hope they don't only focus on the kid stuff because I thought as as good as this looked, I was like, uh, I'd like to see what they're doing here is the, the grownups and who they transform into and, and getting that call and, you know, like where's it's the also nice. Call? Where's that, that scene at? It's also nice not scene. to have that. And maybe there'll be, or as, as much a reason as not to show it for me to go see it, to experience it firsthand rather than, you know, seeing it in the trailer. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, how long is this movie? Cause there's so much. I hope it's three hours and 48 um, minutes. I was going to say in <laughs> it, there's so much like how, and when you see this trailer and you're like, Oh, there's, there's that there's the, this is all the shit that was cut out of the fucking miniseries. Like if the miniseries couldn't do this, what the fuck? Well, I mean, even the dark tower, we're going to be talking about next show and all that kind of stuff. I mean, where are they fitting in all what, what happens here? So uh, I feel like it's, you know, 1992 again. And we got Stephen King and, films coming at us <laughs> don't they feel and doesn't this feel like a fucking 90s movie i love it, it. and so is the dark towers oh i love it love it let's talk about the hitman's bodyguard the ryan reynolds samuel jackson comedy i love it comedy uh this looks exactly what i want this looks see hysterically fun both these guys yeah it really does it looks like it reminded me of when samuel jackson failed at doing that movie called The Man. Remember that? Thank you. That is exactly what I was just going to say. I I had that queued up in my mind to say the exact same thing. Yes, and they play off the same thing. Right. um, Which is basically themselves, you know? This is basically making fun of Samuel Jackson and Ryan Reynolds, just as much as that was Eugene Levy and and, uh, Samuel Jackson. You're right, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought about the whole time. But this was better. (laughs) Yeah, well, because obviously Ryan Reynolds is one of the most underrated comedic minds right now. We'll see see if it's better than Taxi. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one to beat here. That's the bar I'm setting. So I think it'll be a good movie. (laughs) Don't pick the low-hanging fruit or anything, huh? Well, it's got Lionsgate and Millennium Films behind it, so we're bound to be disappointed. I'm surprised that this trailer actually works because this might be the best show they've ever cut. (laughs) That's true. This is definitely not a landscape trailer. No, there's no uh, false CGI or yeah. any like snake or any of that. Kind yeah. Of yeah. No, I thought this was funny, and yeah, it seems to play to everyone's strengths. So, and and typically when you hear great. that Whitney Houston song, and and you just yeah. think, oh, and how and pat and is this? You, love, you, works you gotta admit the posters, like they're they're fake poster they did of the bodyguard. It, um, it's it all hysterical works. with Ryan Reynolds carrying Samuel Jackson. I think Ryan Reynolds has been in a, a, obviously a number of comedies, but two have been really overlooked in his career, and mm-hmm. I'm going to name them briefly. One will be Just Friends. Yes. Uh, I've named that obviously very much. Love that movie. But the other is The Change-Up with Jason Bateman. I don't think the movie gets enough credit. It's a very funny movie. It's okay. <laughs> you don't think so, huh? I don't think it's a very good movie. Do you know what movies uh, recommended say it's to not, by girls? I'm, I'm funny, but I just... All the time, every female in my life I've ever known since it's come out has been like, you haven't seen that movie, you've got to see that movie, so it must be fucking good. It's definitely Maybe. Yeah, which is a fantastic movie. Well, there you go. What, are you hanging out with all my ex-girlfriends? <laughs> hey. No, I just I just watch movies. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, that really is a good movie, though. Is it? Okay, I will check that out, though. Because, I mean, Ryan Reynolds is... Um, he's really one of the, the shining movie stars out there right now. I mean, I would watch mm-hmm. a lot of movies he's doing. Would you go see a Ryan Reynolds movie just because he's in it? Is he that big of a star right now? Or does it have to be the right Ryan Reynolds movie? Like, Yeah, it would Deadpool. have to be the right one. Yeah. I mean, he's already been in some shit that no one's seen. No, I know. I mean, I'm watching, um, I mean, just the other, last week I watched Criminal and Selfless, and I was like, my God. Yeah, it's like there a, you go. I mean, he's already done stuff that I didn't go do. see. 
Um, so yeah, it's got to be right. He still doesn't get. Uh, I don't. And again, who's at fault, right, for picking these fucking roles? Is it just what's offered to them, or do they pick this shit? Because yeah, those two movies. I mean, selfless and a criminal. You'd have to wonder. What the fuck? They want to work, what? you know. I heard the Samuel fuck? Jackson one time say, "I'm an actor. I want to act. I don't want to sit on my house all, you know, and, and be on yeah, set for three weeks that, out of a year." I mean, there's got to be something better out there, especially for someone as charismatic as Reynolds. Um, although to be fair, he's ruined plenty of movies all on his own. So, yeah. All right, well, that's going to wrap up episode 319 of the Movie Mavericks podcast. We want to thank you guys for joining us. As usual, you can check out our past podcasts on MovieMavericks.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you may be getting these podcasts from. Speaking for Trevor Anderson, I'm Jason Regard, and we are the official Movie Mavericks. Oh my, another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to MovieMavericks.com, Warp 9. Engage! All right, put your dick away. All right. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.